All right, this is round table three of the Motor City Bengals unofficial podcast again until everything gets settled over with fanside and, and getting that all taken care of. For now, letting the staff over at MCB hijack Tigers SRD. So we'll be getting some really steady downloads. So, so thank you for everybody who's listening to the roundtable and getting some other voices out there among our staff. So tonight we have, again, Marty, our fantasy guy, joining us as well. Youper, John, and Jake. Kurt said he was going to come, but then he had something come up. So eventually we'll get Kurt to talk on a podcast. It's really rare for him to go do audio stuff, but... He did write an article for us, so it was good to see Kurt write again some Tiger stuff. It was the first time in a long time, like three or four years, it seemed like, since he's written anything. So it was good to see him back in rotation. But tonight's conversation, we'll be talking what's going on in summer camp right now. If, you, if everybody's watching the game at the moment right now, or it's the, the Tigers are trying to still settle in this whole bullpen situation. Hector Santiago out there right now, the veteran lefty throwing out there. And it looks like Riley, is that Riley Green up at the plate? If anybody's watching. Looks like it. Yeah, Riley Green up the plate. We'll talk some Riley Green, some Derek Hill, who came up limping after that triple, which frightened me a little bit. The rotation, and we'll talk. And if you heard the clip at the at the beginning of the show, Zach Hess was added to the roster stand with Alex Lange. Lange, Lange ah, Alex Lange. And some of the bullpen discussion. So, and we'll start with really the first thing I want to talk about was the rotation. So, you see that Daniel Norris is coming back from COVID nineteen protocol, what have you. So the spots all for rotation. Jordan Zimmerman has not pitched very well. Again, I mean, I know that Chris Mikowski from Detroit News said everybody calmed down, but folks, this has been a long time coming. Zimmerman has struggled long before a inner squad game. But how does the rotation look to you guys so far in summer tri- summer camp? I'll start with you, John, and, and get your input on what you've seen so far. Oh, well, like you said, I mean, Zimmerman, that's a whole thing. We have, for once, we have more options than we have places to put people. So if we can get rid of Zimmerman to give Mize a star or Manning a star or Scooble, because he's, I think he's the oldest of the three of those, like it might be time to start thinking about allocating some of our spots for them um with Norris coming back though I don't know if he's gonna have enough time to really stretch out but Norris as a left-handed opener next to Lange as a right-handed opener might come up with some interesting uh dynamics for us too that could uh, help some of the young kids break in too so I like I like that idea um Falmer he looks good he looks trim like the last time I saw him live, I was just blown away by how just physically he's just a large individual and he looks like he's really fit right now. So it worked for Boyd. What was it last year? He came back really fit. And if Falmer can pitch like Boyd, that's quite the top of a rotation. So I'm, I'm optimistic about the rotation this year. How about you, Uper? What have you seen in the rotation so far in summer camp? Well, it is fun. It's almost amusing to think that here we are with a 60 game schedule in front of us and on paper they have a tremendous amount of depth to get through a 162 game schedule for a change <laughs> so I mean, how, how, how do you adjust for that you know um i think it's going to be the kind of year where uh we're going to find out if an old school guy like ron gardenhire and rick anderson 
can juggle uh, a staff in in uncharted territory where we're probably going to have to go with some piggyback starts and some openers, uh, you know, just to get these guys some innings. Now, some of them, there's going to be some attrition. You know, I don't, I'm with the majority. I don't expect Zimmerman to last more than a couple of starts. Uh, you know, I don't really care too much what they do with Ivan Nova. Um, but these other guys are going to need to get some innings, you know, and uh, Scoobal hasn't pitched much yet. So we're, we'll see what they do with him. But I'm coming around to the idea of uh, Mize and Manning pitching some innings for this team this year. I was kind of more on uh, on the fence with that and, you know, save them this year because I don't know what this year is going to be like. But I think if you keep them off the roster for a short time, you, you still save that year of service time. I think you let the talent pitch. Uh, I kind of liked what Jason Beck had in his article about how Jim Leland used to say, give me the talent. It's true. You know, Myers and Manning are probably their best guys right after Boyd and maybe Fulmer. Let them pitch. Let's see what they got. Get them some innings. They're not going to get pit, you know, they're not going to get innings uh, sitting in a camp down in Toledo. So uh, I'm kind of excited to see how Garden Hire and Anderson can juggle the whole thing. What about you, Marty, before we get to Jake? Yeah. So, um, Matt Boyd, he looks pretty good. You know, I got to see him in his limited start. He's mixing the curveball in more, which is something he needs on a, he's going to have to be able to be more dominant with that, or maybe not dominant, but at least be able to be a decent curveball. His slider is one of the best in the game. His fastball moves in and out pretty well. Um, uh, newsflash Jordan Zimmerman is still bad. <laughs> so I don't need the panic. I've already moved on. You know, I'm waiting for his contract to be over with and us to be done with him. Uh, Nova, I haven't seen pitch. I don't know if he even has, I haven't seen all of the, um, interest squad games has even has Nova pitched at all. Has anyone seen him? Yeah, he's, he's pitched. He's pitched. Okay. I mean, a lot, a lot of pitch to contact his strikeout game, which has diminished in the last few years. He's just been, he's been okay. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen him yet. Uh, the biggest, you know, the person that stood out the most is Spencer Turnbull. I mean, I saw him uh, last week where he had three solid innings and he almost got out of that last one. And then next thing you know, you know, he gives up three, four runs and they call it today. He looked great. I think you tweeted Roger. He had six strikeouts and four innings. Yep. I mean, for where we're at and, you know, I think he was around maybe finished around 50 pitches, something around there. Um, looked really solid. You know, that's for what I think would probably be our third starter Turnbull. I like him. Um, Fulmer, uh, Jake, you touched on it. He looks like he's in great shape. I mean, he does. Usually he's a little puffy. He looks like he's a little, uh, you know, not as, uh, fully ready for the season, but he came, came in ready for this. Um, and piggybacking off what Uper says, I mean, if I'm all for getting mice, you know, into the, you know, into the fold here, you know, even if it is a start or two, I want to see what he has. I want to hear, um, I'm, I'm a little unsure on Manning. I know he, he possibly is our best one out of the group, but we'll, we'll see. And then uh, Scooble, I mean, he's on the 10-day IL as of July 9th. And I don't know where that's going to put him, you know, once he gets out of this. I don't know if he's under quarantine or whatever it is. I couldn't get anything, um, you know, concrete on that. I don't know if you guys have heard, but yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, but overall, just I'm optimistic at a pitching rotation, which I haven't said in a few years. Jake, what about you? Yeah, it seems like for the first time in a while, we have like a couple or few legitimate major league starting pitchers. And that's 
been a far cry from where we've been in years past. So it's pretty exciting. You know, Matthew Boyd has looked solid. I think he's going to have a great year, especially considering his tendency to fall off in the second half of seasons. So I think he's a legitimate chance to have a really, really good season um, over 60 games. And Spencer Turnbull, like we already said, has looked great today. Um, the, the wild card, I think, in the rotation is going to be Daniel Norris and kind of how they decide to handle his his rehab and working him back up to strength because they could take the route with a piggyback situation, say with like Fulmer, who's coming back from Tommy John. And I know they say that he's going to be a full go, but reality is, you know, he's probably going to have to work up his endurance a little bit. He's not going to go eight innings off the bat. So do you work in somebody like Norris as well to try and build in his stamina um, and eventually maybe give him a rotation spot, you know, four and five in the rotation. I'm not as excited about, um, just because Nova was on a one-year deal. He's that veteran kind of inning eater, boring kind of starting pitcher. And, uh, you know, Zimmerman has just been awful. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we've, yeah, we've, we've nailed that on the head. We've, we've beat that to death already. So I don't know what the team's going to decide to do. You know, we're not at the point anymore where it's like, man, we got three more years of Jordan Zimmerman. We need to try and figure him out because then if we do, you know, we'll have three decent years left of him. You know, he's on the last year of his deal. So we're not, we're not talking about throwing away money. We're not talking about throwing away years. Uh, I think we're getting to the point now where if it, if it's going bad, we just kind of cut bait and move on. So that's kind of, kind of my thought on it. I think Mize is going to be the first guy. Um, The polish is just insane that's that's what's so exciting about him is he has all the different pitches he can command them um he knows how to use them he knows how to sequence um so i think if anybody's going to come up first it's probably going to be casey mize um but i could also see them going boring and going with a guy like hector santiago um so just to try and like protect him at all costs kind of thing so i'll be fascinated to see what they decide to do with the big guys because you know, on one hand, I want to be excited, but but I know the reality of the situation as well. And in a lost season, they might just try and, and punt. Yeah, and there was somebody, I posted the story earlier about Mize, and he really does have nothing left to prove. I mean, you look at, and mentioned this earlier, Uper, about the article with mentioning Brooke Porcello, who went from single A. I mean, Bonnerman went from single A. Verlander never pitched. I don't believe, yeah, I don't believe Verlander pitched in Toledo at all. So... Mize, bringing back a splitter, which is a pitch that I really haven't seen a lot of Tigers pitchers throw in, a, in quite a long time. There's nothing left for him to prove, I think. Well, the only concern is, too, is also you realize that he was shut down early in August last year because of shoulder issues. Injuries are, like, it, it's still sticking in the back of your mind. And, of course, you mentioned earlier in our Slack chat about minute, or service time. But then you see that the Jeff Patterson article, I quote, I, I cited that article because I thought it was important to reference that they put him down there for a week. They can bring him back up. They still get an extra year. So to me, I think if you're going to, if Nova's on a one year deal, Zimmerman's on a, you know, finishing his contract. Why not see what you have? Spencer Tokelson's up the plate. So don't mind if I sound a little distracted at the moment, but <laughs> um, if, if you're, if you're going to have your rotation one, well, the two thirds of your two guys in your rotation gone, why not see what you have already? And put them out there. Just trial by fire. You're going to be playing teams that, if you look at the 2021 Scott George came out, which I thought that was really weird how they timed that. They're going to be facing some of a lot of. The, it looked like a lot of heavy central teams. 
There wasn't a lot of interleague play between other divisions. So get familiar with your opponents already. So why not do that? And as uh, we move to the bullpen, as Bo Burrows just throws a, gets ahead of Turkles in here, at, he's at one and two right now. Bo Burrows has had a good camp. You look at earlier, Chang pitched, did a really had a nice comeback against uh, Cabrera, but Ronnie Garcia to me has stood out among among the bullpen. Turkles hit a fly ball and uh, okay, never mind. Everybody got six with fly ball and oh, wait, maybe no, it's, it's just a normal fly ball. But anyways, um, Ronnie Garcia's impressed really well. He's throwing a really good slider, and then Brian Garcia also pitched this evening. The bullpen seems and and John, I'll start with you because you wrote a piece and then I'll go to Jake. How the bullpen looks so far, it is is everything's kind of settled in a little bit. But even Norm Black, Blackwood with that delivery, which you know is that funky, weird, looks like he's just kind of like slinging it out there. Mike reminds me of um, you guys remember Mike Myers, the former Tiger left-hander at all? Anybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Just kind of throwing like that weird delivery. But bullpen battle-wise, what do you guys start? I'll start with you, John. I mean, is there? Bo Burrows looks like he just had a he had a one two three you know outside of the, on the single he looked like he had a solid inning of work. Yeah, I mean you know me, I'm super high on Bo Burrows. I I think he's still a starter in the long term, but I'm super excited to see what he does out of the pen. Um, when we drafted him, he was up to 99 miles an hour. He's been a lot lower than that as a starter, and he's had injuries. But if he all of a sudden jumps back up to high 90s, he's going to look really good this year out of the pen, and. You know, this year, the pen, the pen is actually something to be excited about. For how many years, that was our Achilles heel. It was just terrible. The starter would come out, and I'd almost want to turn off the TV and just walk away. Like, it just gave me heartburn. But now, all <laughs> of a sudden, I mean, we've got Ronnie Garcia, who's looking great. And as a Rule 5 pick, you know he's going to be up. There's no way we don't carry him. Um, and I think he's an asset this year anyways. Um, then we've got Burroughs, who I think should at least be yeah, most of the games. Um, but, you know, we just called up Zach Hess to the uh, summer camp roster. If he can get his command under control, he might be one of our best bullpen pitchers too. And that's not even mentioning Brian Garcia, the closer of the future type tag on him. So I think the bullpen, there's just so many options. And I think that's a lot of that is how our draft we've always gone for like that high power pitcher. A lot of them are starting pitchers. If they don't pan out. They drop to the pen and you get a weapon. So that's that's the bonus of drafting so many pitchers is if they don't make it as a starter, they still can make it on the team, be productive. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how they do and how Garden Hire like manages all their innings because there's just so many guys that could be on the team. Jake? What about you? There's there anybody? I mean, Hanser Sandy. I couldn't say that straight face. Sorry. Never mind. Retract that question. <laughs> um, no, but uh, is there anybody that stands out to you? Well, you know, it's kind of strange because we're going to have an active roster of 30 this year. So in a 60 game season, you're probably not going to want to carry more position players than you already would on a normal active roster. Let's say they carry 14 position players, and then you have six in the rotation, including Daniel Norris, at least 10 bullpen arms. So the conversation kind of goes from, okay, what bullpen battles do we have to really like, 
who stands out and and who's talented and who's going to play what role within the pen. Um, so that's that's kind of the exciting thing. I've talked extensively about my love for David McKay, um, so I, w- I won't go into that too much. But Brian Garcia's looked good. I think Gregory so- Soto's a lock. Um, I'll be interested to see how they handle him in shorter stints. He was kind of pitching long and even like starting a couple of games. Um, last year, just because they were so hard up to get into a game, Nick Ramirez has looked good. So I think the wild card is going to be Burroughs and Funkhauser. Are they going to put him on? Are they going to give him some more time to to kind of figure it out? Because this is an entirely new role for them, really. I I don't think they pitched any bullpen uh, work in the minors thus far. So I'll be fascinated to see if they just throw them right in and you know hope you figure it out. Good luck to you, or if they um, if they decide to start him on the taxi squad and then do some finagling in and out um, throughout the season. That'll be fascinating to me. All right. And Marty, what about you? Before we get to Uper. Yeah. So I want to start with Joe Jimenez. So, you know, coming from the fantasy world, closers are king, especially this year with all of just how the craziness, right? So there's only about eight to 10 closers that have the job. They're solidified. And there's really no question. And Joe's one of them, one of them, and he's ours. I'm really hoping he can take the next step this year, um, increase his K percentage a little bit more. It was 31.9 last year, which is pretty solid. And an important stat to me, what I always want to see, especially for my relievers and specifically the closers, is the first uh, pitch strike. So in 2018, his he threw a strike 53.2% of the time. Last year, he increased that all the way to 66.9, which is pretty elite. Mm. Um, but what I've seen in nice. the um, summer camp or spring training 2.0, whichever one you prefer, he, he hasn't been dominant. You know, he's kind of been a little bit all over the place. Um, I'd like to see him a little bit more efficient with it, with his pitches. Um, his fastball's up a little bit, so I'm just hoping he's just working out some kinks and he can kind of build off his um, first spring training, which he actually he looked really good. I don't know if you guys recall way back when. Um, but you know, he had like a 1.5 ERA, um, you know, over six innings, which is, you know, we'll take that. So I want to see him take the next step. Um, Brian Garcia stood out the most for me, um, looking at his projections for this year, he's going to pitch about 20 innings, which is around how many minutes is supposed to start. So, um, him taking that next step is going to be important. And then, uh, Buck Farmer, you know, he's going to, he's going to be our holds guy for better or worse. I haven't really seen too much of him, but um, yeah, I think you guys pretty much nailed it on the head. This is actually a bullpen that isn't terrible. And there's going to be a lot of moving parts with the big taxi squad. I think more and more pitchers are going to be more important. Um, But yeah. All right, Uper, how about you before we move on? Yeah, it's a big mystery. Uh, You know, one thing to keep in mind a lot of these guys have looked pretty solid here in, in July, but this is also a, a 47 win team last year playing against each other. <laughs> so <laughs> I was going to, you know, you I was thinking the same thing. Like I'm trying to curve my ex- expectations as much as humanly possible. Continue. Yeah. So we were getting lit up by our own, our own guys. That might be a problem, but, uh, but no, you know, the nice thing is there's not a lot of retreads from other organizations and a bunch of soft tossers. I mean, we're talking about some young guys who have some skills. I mean, some guys with some velocity or some guys with some with some good stuff, like a Garcia uh, and some of the others that we've mentioned. So I am really interested 
to see how that all plans out once the you know once the real games start flying here. Um, and like for Bo Burrows, I just think back again I, where I think Gardenhire possibly might have a good matches. If you go back old school and you think of someone like Earl Weaver and the Baltimore Orioles, they used to bring up starters and they would break them in in the bullpen. You know, Jim Palmer, Mike Flanagan, guys like that. Um, guys who became elite starters, but they started, you know, pitching as rookies out of the bullpen. And, you know, you could see a Bo Burrows doing that. And, and if Gardenhire can kind of guide him through that, this is the perfect season to kind of churn that bullpen, let these guys get some innings against major league batters and make it a growing experience. I mean, are they going to contend in 60 games with this bullpen? I don't know. Uh, I don't think anyone really knows. Probably not. But I think they can get something out of it by seeing what they have. And, you know, assuming 21 is a normal season, have a really good idea what we got going forward. Yeah, you, and the Dodgers used to do that, too. The Dodgers did that with Mike Moore. Actually, not Mike Moore. Wow. Uh, Bob Welch, Dave Stewart comes to mind. They yep. Oral Horsizer pitched out of the bullpen in 83, 84 a little bit. And I mentioned that in the, in my article today, too, as well. It's just because that was a way to have a trial by fire kind of thing and, and break themselves in. And, and that's, that's a good idea. And there's a lot of like, even another guy that we haven't mentioned is Funkhauser. Funkhauser's had a pretty good camp. The mustache has to go, but I mean, that's, that's his prerogative. <laughs> I mean, that's his prerogative. That's cool. I mean, whatever, but I will say that is, it, it was good to see Funkhauser adjusting the role. And he, in, I saw him last year in Toledo and against Paul Tuck and a lot of things were squared up. And I mentioned this on the, on the Tigers SRD, a lot of, a lot of hard contact and he was nibbling quite a bit, but to go in there knowing full well, maybe that he can relax a little bit knowing full well that he can go in full charged and just let it, just let it air out for lack of better words. And that's encouraging to see because he can possibly with the way that the bullpens are doing like the Rays with the opener and two innings. And what was it last year? Was it um, Drew Verhagen? And I'm trying to think of the other guy that they, they did that with um was it Norris quite a bit with the uh, Reagan and Yeah. It? Yeah, okay. And a lot of three inning outings and stuff. Yeah. yeah, and that you could see that too. And you can still I think that is possible with the way this rotation lines up and the one much pitching they have. But let's move on to some positional players. Ron Garnheyer mentioned this evening a possibility of carrying three catchers, which I made a comment before somebody tried to correct me that, well, you know, they used to do all the time. Well, I I know that. But Sparky, I mean, Sparky Anderson was, I mean, in terms of a Tiger reference, Sparky Anderson was the last manager to do so. You don't really carry three catchers, but the positional battles here, Grayson Griner, and, and I've got to give credit to Jules uh, uh, from Forbes. I'm trying to think of his last name. Just drawing a blank. Is it Posner or Posner? Not I sure. think it's, it's Posner. It's Jules, Posner. Yeah, Posner from Forbes. And he talked about Grayson Griner's swing and how it's changed a little bit and Credit to him for noticing that because he has looked really good in camp. Jake Rogers, which he did a really good article on Jake about his mechanics and what he's been doing to improve his swing. And you have and they've kind of looked better than Austin Roman. I hate to say that, but it's it's true. I mean, Dingler, you know for a fact, will probably end up going to Toledo camp because he's not you don't see him going on there. But it's a really interesting positional catching battle right now and it, it, to me, it, it, the most important part of this, too, is that Griner doesn't look like just some guy who might hit 170. Again, like Uper was saying, this is against your own team, so you might be just smoking the ball 
and a good test is an exhibition game against Cincinnati. I believe it's on Tuesday, but I'll, I'll start. I'll start with you, Uper, on this. In terms of positional battles, catcher wise, what positional battles did you are you encouraged by or you like seeing so far? Yeah, um, I think that uh, it's going to be Griner and Romine has started. Uh, like you mentioned, I think Jake Rogers can uh, wait a couple of weeks, see how things shake out. And then they can bring him uh, at another time. Uh, do they need to carry three pitchers? I mean, when they have 29, 30 guys on the roster, I, they can carry three catchers if they want to. Not a big deal. I'm interested. Uh, and it's funny, you go back even a few months before we ever heard the word COVID. Okay. And we knew there was a 26 man going to be on the roster this year. I was mildly interested in uh, Derek Hill. Uh, as a man, as a guy who could come in and pinch run, steal a base, and play elite defense late in the game, uh, whether he hits, you know, two hundred or two thirty, doesn't matter. Uh, I thought that, you know, that's something with a twenty-sixth man on the roster, you could make something of that. Whether that's to keep around or even to be tradable, um, I'm blanking on a guy for Kansas City right now who they bring in the pinch run during the playoffs. Uh, Dyson? Dyson. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, Dyson? No. No. It, Gore? Anyway, they, and he can't hit. He's never hit in his Terrence life. Terrence Gore? I'm sorry? Terrence Gore? There you go. Can't bat. All he does is run, right? He doesn't even play defense. With Hill, he could be a souped-up version of Terrence Gore um, for a good team. So I would love to see him play that role uh, where he's – you know, playing great defense late in ball games when you got a lead, stealing a base when you need it, be that uh, guy who pinch runs at second base in the extra innings, that kind of thing. I think he could be a little bit of a weapon uh, and, and fill a, a niche role. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to hit much. Um, maybe he's developed a little bit of power. Fantastic. But I, I, I would like to see them do something with that and, you know, use this short season to see finally after drafting him in 2014, uh, can we make something out of him? Yeah, it's Derek. Derek Hill said, "I was scared a little bit earlier when he had that. We on that triple, he kind of hobbled up a little bit because he's the guy's got Tommy John surgery for now. Field, it's kind of weird to see, but he's experienced every sort of injury. But Marty, what about you? What positions positional battle has stood out to you? I'm going to stay in the outfield. Our outfield is exciting right now. Roster Resource has a starting Cameron Maben." Christian Stewart, and Jacoby Jones. But you could easily see Victor Reyes getting his way in there. Riley Green, which I don't know if you guys have seen. He's been, he's done a few things <laughs> in the summer camp that has just been incredible. Um, and then also Derek Hill as well. So for the first time, you know, we have five, six outfielders that could start. Now that's more of a sign that, hey, Jacoby Jones isn't that good. And Cameron Maben is on the downside of his career, even though he hit 285 last year for the Yankees in a limited amount of times. But no one's expecting him to be, you know, what he once was when we first got him, you know, many moons ago. But I'm, you know, I'm really excited for Victor Reyes. I'm, I'm, I want to see him be a starter. I want to see if he can build on that batting average. Um, Steamer has him projected to bat 272. I think he can get up to 278, 280. I think he has a little bit of pop in a full season. I expect somewhere around, you know, 15 home runs and he can steal, he can run. Um, his sprint speeds in the 91st percentile. So 
you know, 15, 20 stolen bases and a full length season is not out of the question here. And we have a huge center field. Um, so anytime we can have, you know, three or four speedsters always in the outfield, it's going to put us in a good spot. None of this Brennan Bosch and right field where, you know, he's going to get lost if there's anything in the gap. So yeah, I have my eye solely on the outfield and I'm enjoying these guys, um, really showing their athleticism and, you know, bringing their bats with them, which we haven't seen in a long time. What about you, John? I mean, in terms of positional battles, what, what stands out to you? Well, I'm going to follow you guys and say Derek Hill, but I'm I'm higher on him than both of you. In the Arizona Fall League last year, granted it was 17 games, but he hit 254. I could see him hitting 250, flash a little power, and his glove is unreal. I mean, we've seen it all summer camp. He's been diving. He's been like it turned Comerica's huge center field into a tiny park. He just changes the game especially if we bring up some of our pitchers, the young pitchers are really going to like having him out there tracking balls down, especially with Jacoby on the other side. Um, my other guy that I'm really big on. So of course, CJ Crone, two home runs a day, right? That's awesome. And I know Jake, you're up on him. You think we should resign him? I love him, but he's also blocking somebody who I think could be really special. He's a bit older, but that's Frank Schwindel. Um, the guy we got from Kansas city. I mean, I watched a ton of minor league games last year and every time he came up to bat, it was must watch. He's not going to walk, but when he hits the ball, it's going to go. He has so much power. Um, he's a two time minor league player of the year. I mean, he's, he's good. He really can play. It sucks because he came up last year for Kansas city. He got DFA after he got hurt. I don't even know if he got a hit. He hit a couple of balls hard, but it went straight to people. So I think expanded roster, it's a bummer because we have Crone, we have Miggy, we have too many of those type guys, so there's not a position for him. But he might weasel his way onto the roster, pinch hitter late in the game. And Roger, to go with what you were saying, he does have like 60 games at catcher. Granted, it's been like 2014 since he's done it, but <laughs> hey, if we need a third catcher, why not? All right, you know, before Jake, I'll you know go ahead, Jake, because I have some thoughts about Swindell because I saw him in Toledo last year too. But go ahead. I'm not going to bring up Frank Swindell, so if, <laughs> if that's a good segue for you, feel free to feel free to work it in. Go ahead. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was just going to say. I mean, I I look, I I he hit a home run when I saw him. I went to Toledo three times last year. He did hit a home run there when. I forgot against who, but he did hit a home run. He does play a solid first base. I don't know why Kansas City let him go, John. I am a little, but I think he's. I want to see he's like a four A player. Like I want to see one. I want to see him do six fifty games. I don't want to say he's like a Mike Hessman type, but you can almost put him in that category because in limited duty, what can he do? I mean, if he, if he comes up here and hits two sixty two seventy with power and gets on base, then it's a different conversation. But for now, I'm going to put him in the. Nothing wrong with Mike Hessman. We're going to put in the Mike Hessman category right now, for now. For for me, at least, until I see otherwise. But I see him as emergency bat. They're giving him a lot of bats. So I, I think they're going to, you're going to see him in Detroit at some point this year, provided that Crone hasn't stayed healthy in, in recent history. So it's a good, it's he's a good backup guy to have, just in case. I'm going to oh, pop in here real there. quick because I will not let any CJ Crone, any of this, any of this bad talk, CJ Crone. I have him hitting the most home runs 
possibly in the American League. He's definitely going to lead our team in home runs. He's going to be super solid. And I want to bring up the stats uh, for your gentleman you're talking about. Last year, he batted .067 for the Royals in 15 play appearances. So, you know, I don't, I don't know too much about him. But look at it, he doesn't look that good, unless I'm missing something. You got to have faith, Marty. Yeah, All right, Jake, what about you? What, what guys were you going to bring up? Yeah, so there are really three position battles that you can say are going on right now. And to me, two of the three are totally uninteresting. Um, the, the catching position, I think it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to carry three catchers. I know Ron was kind of playing coy about it during the game, during the interview, but he was carrying three catchers with a 26-man roster. So with the rosters expanding to 30, to me, that's just like a foregone conclusion. Like he's, he's talked publicly about how he likes three catchers. I think he's going to have three catchers. And I also think that the value that Rogers would bring down into Lido outweighs the value he would bring to the big league club. You know, you think a backup catcher, Austin Romine's going to get the majority of the plate appearances there. So it, it's going to be, uh, you know, 15 to 40 plate appearances during the season for a backup catcher. So I, I just think that him being down, getting regular at bats, continuing to playing, work with the top pitching prospects down there. I think that has infinite more value to, to his development than he would be on the major league roster. So I think it's going to be Haas. I think it's going to be Griner. I think it's going to be Austin Romine over at third base. Um, you know, it's Dahl Lugo and it's Jamer Candelario. And I don't, think there's anything too exciting to say about either one at this point um, other than Jamer had a nice swing on the ball uh, like he, he had a double right or well it ended up being a triple I don't know how that was scored but I think he advanced a third on on the Cabrera uh, play at the plate but um, I think it's going to be candy there and even if candy stinks then we're just going to see Lugo so there's not much to be excited about there it's going to be a pretty boring year at third base too but outfield and particularly left field is going to be interesting to me because there are so many options um, on the team that can that can potentially fill that spot. You think of Christian Stewart, who did not play well last season um, with below average defense. And we've seen some kind of lazy plays out there with a throw in that kind of just lollipopped in. So we're you know, I'm not too excited about Stewart out and left, but I don't mind them continuing to try him out there um, especially to see what the bat has in it Um, and then we also have Victor Reyes who can play all three spots um, out there as well and then Travis Demerit who's injured so they all each kind of have a interesting storyline to me so I'm really interested to see what's going to go on and and how the playing time is going to be divvied up in left field yeah and and you bring up I'm glad you bring up the outfield too but the the third base going back to that for a second I think Hanelario has looked better but also like I said I think I mean we're gonna we're gonna call this episode pump the brakes a little bit but I think it's because Lugo has looked overmatched I mean he swing everything he's swinging at is late he doesn't look it just looks like he's against the Tiger relievers and until they prove me otherwise it's this if you're looking overmatched against your own teammates like that doesn't bode well for you. Defensively, I think he's played a couple times at second base. He hasn't looked bad. But Candelario's swing looks a little better. He's trying to get some more confidence. And you, you root nothing for Candelario because his attitude, he's just a really good dude. And, and the guy was one of them top three. This is not much to write home about, but he can walk. He just cannot hit consistently. But I think Candelario, you're encouraged a little bit by his camp. 
But left field right now, if Derek Hill, whatever happens, I mean, at some point, it's almost like Riley Green's playing on necessity right now because they don't have anybody else. So I know Tiger fans, but we'll just bring him up now. He might need another year. He's going to need another year in Erie or, I mean, I think he's going to start. Originally, I thought he was going to start the year at West Michigan, but the way he's been hitting in camp and everything, you're definitely going to see him in Lakeland before West Michigan. Rest assured, if he continues to hit, and Lakeland's really hard to hit. I mean, Lakeland's one of the toughest ballparks in the Florida State League. So at some point, if you see him hitting in Erie, which is more on the opposite side, more hitter-friendly, then that bodes well. You might see him in, as a Tiger in 2021 at some point. But the the outfield situation, is that is the most concerning, and that also scares me quite a bit because they don't have enough depth. Even the guys that they have in the 60-man are, are just like, well... Uh, it's a little filler more than like actual substance. So that's something that I think we all can agree on because Victor Reyes, I, I know Marty, you're a big, big Victor Reyes fan. And, but every time I feel like, I still feel like this, I, I can't help, but the nagging feeling, because I look at his overall war, look how his, like, he doesn't walk. And I, I'm sorry, but it's just, that's the part. Where is that for all that size? Where's the power? Where's the beef? As one needs commercial once would sing. I just don't, I don't see, you know, Victor Reyes can prove me wrong. That's fine. All day wrong. If he, if he is, I'm, you know what? I'll make a bet with you guys. I'll make a Motor City Bengal roundtable discussion bet. Victor Reyes, if he puts up a two or more war season on baseball reference, not, not fan graphs because it's a little different, but be, baseball reference, two or above war. I'll buy you guys. I'll, I'll uh, Marty. I'll, I'll make a bet with you because you're you're a betting man. You're a fantasy guy. You're the Victor Reyes sure. believer. I'll buy you. I'll buy you dinner if he has a two war season. I thought you were gonna get a Victor Reyes tattoo as well. Oh no no I'm not. I'm not <laughs> I mean Tiger's Shed UK. I mean God bless the dude, but I'm not gonna. No look, I don't have any tattoos. I don't plan on getting anything. You know, I would get an auto, I'd rather get an Autobot symbol than a Victor Reyes tattoo. And that's that's I mean, I'm too old to get Autobot symbols. Anyways, I digress. But I feel that is the one thing about this team more than anything is the, the outfield depth is concerning. And that's an alarm no matter where you stand with that. So uh but yeah, that's my bet to you, Marty. Um or anybody else who wants to take me up on that bet. I'll buy I, I'm Marty you know. I'm with Victor Reyes. I'm a Reyes guy too. Okay, well, Uper, I, I might have, uh, Uper, I know you're in Iowa, so I would have to send you something. I would have to send you some sort of gift card for that. And I, I know John's a little bit. I mean, I think the only people in within a, a considerable, decent driving range I use some quotations is Jake and Marty. So, and John, you're you're about two hours. I think you're two hours away from me. So, I think. Yeah, about an hour and a half, two hours somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah. So, I, mean, I will uh, I will take that that Roger and if he doesn't then I will reciprocate and buy you dinner. Um, but sweet. yeah, I mean, you know, you got to remember I got my fantasy cap on at all times. Anytime you see a guy that can hit around 280 who can get you the swipes, which are the hardest thing to get without dipping your batting average, right? There, we all know about Malik Smith and he was talking about uh, uh, who was it Gore or whoever that, the guy from the Royals, whoever you know in the Dysons, they're going to hit 220 and just destroy you in every way. Victor Reyes doesn't do that. He has good contact skills. He's not a big beefy guy, right? So I projected him to get about 15 home runs over a full season. Now that's with the 25 stolen bases and the 275 batting average. He is like, you know, for your fourth, fifth outfielder in a fantasy league, it's absolutely amazing. Now, does that carry over to a 2.0 war? I don't know. 
I have no clue. What does he do? Like to actually win games? Ah, uh, that's um, that's outside my realm. So I'll leave that to you. But I will definitely, uh, I'll take you up on the offer for the, for the dinner. And uh, if he doesn't, I'll reciprocate it. I'll get you Wendy's. All right. <laughs> look, I know. Hey, look, hey, I know you. Like, you where you live in that part of town? There's some good places over there. So, oh yeah. You know, I'm just saying, yep. like, you know, West Village. Yeah, so you're not too far away from a, a crab roll from a certain uh, lobster roll from a certain uh, Maddie's over there. So mm-hmm. I mean, th- I don't know I've been thinking about that for a while. Anyways, I digress. But before <laughs> we end the podcast, though, it just the season starts next week. I just wanted. Did we think with all the chaos going on, with all the COVID stuff, and just this this weird vibe that's been? I mean, 2020. Let's it's as optimistic as I want to be, and and I'm always trying to to be as optimistic as possible this year's eh, sport wise. I mean, you see the Redskins going on with all the scandals with their name change. Now you see that Daniel Snyder's trying to hire a law firm to protect his brands of sexual harassment. And then Darren Ravel's an asshole and just saying some stupid stuff on Twitter. There's a lot of weird sports stories in the last couple of weeks, but baseball after all the, all the said and done baseball's chugging along. And Toronto still hasn't found a home to play. I think they're going to, I don't know if they haven't decided where that they're is. They're looking at Buffalo. Yeah. So uh-huh. yeah, the triple affiliate. So all that being said, baseball is less than a week is, is a week away. And it's actually going mm-hmm. to happen. That is weird. It's still weird to me, but Jake, are you going to, I'll get your final predictions on this full 60 games or the season stop after a certain period of time. <laughs> Well, I think we've already kind of seen the worst of it. So I'm I'm going to venture to say that this the season's going to go on. We're going to see a full 60 games. You know, we saw all these positive tests in there for a second. I was thinking, you know, maybe they're going to stop this thing. But I think we're we're kind of over that hump now. We'll still see some positive t- tests trickling, but um I think we're going to see a full season at this point. I just think we're too deep, we're too far in and we've had too many players that have already had it. John, what about you? Yeah, I I didn't think there'd be a full season earlier in summer camp. But like Jake said, we're too far in now. I think unless there's a huge outbreak and a whole team has to be shut down, I don't see the season going less than 60 games. I think it's going to be 60 games, a full postseason. I I think it's I think we're good to go. Granted, I'm knocking on wood. Like I want this to happen. So Hopefully everybody stays safe, but yeah, I'm ready to watch 60. Uber. Follow the money. They, they, you know, those owners are going to want that playoff cash. Uh, and with a 60 guy, you know, with 60 guys on the, uh, on the summer roster, I got to believe they can eke their way through it and, and get to 60 games and start the playoffs. Um, you know, what percentage, you know, Buster only put 0% on it. I, I, I think it's, Better than even money, though, they'll get through this. I really do. Uh, because, again, they, they have a major incentive to do it. And for the Tigers, who knows what can happen? Uh, obviously, if you want them, you're better off being extremely conservative. But, you know, you look at that division, who they're playing, they're, you know, KC's not that good. Minnesota's probably not going to hit as many home runs as they didn't hit last year. Chicago, everybody says they're going to be good, but until they are good, they're not good. They're still a bad team. You know, they got to prove it. So I, I think there's some low-hanging fruit and some wins out there. If the Tigers got on a roll, it could be a lot of fun. How about you, Marty? From a COVID perspective, front, with the front office, we're, they're, they're full go. 
they're going to make sure a season happens. They're going to do everything that they can. Now, the only thing where I see this going south and them not finishing is the actual testing process. Because what we're assuming is that they're, the MLB is finally going to get this right, that they're going to have tests that are available every day, and they're going to come back, and they're going to be able to get the actual um, the readings of the test. And logistically speaking, they've already dropped the ball on that across several teams to the point where they've had to shut down multiple teams for a couple of days at a time. So assuming that moving forward, they can get the testing schedule done, that traveling doesn't screw anything up, um, then I think we'll be okay. And then, so I, I'm putting it at 50, 50 right now, honestly, um, whether or not we're going to be able to finish the full season and it won't be because they don't want to finish it. It will be because of logistics of this, um, and making sure everyone can stay, uh, stay healthy. And then actually looking at the tiger season, you, you are way more optimistic than me. I mean, I see, I see the white Sox as a solid team. I mean, one through nine, there's so much talent hitting wise, speed wise, um, you know, everything right there. Lucas Giolito took that next step. I think they're going to be solid. You know, the back end of that team's pretty good. The twins are just a powerhouse all the way through. Kenta Maeda, Jose Barrios, you know, and then uh, Jake Odorizzi, who does really well against, uh, against the uh, AL Central teams. Cleveland's, man, those t- three starters, assuming Cookie Crasco is good to go, you know, with his leukemia. You know, you have Clevenger, you have Bieber. They're going to just wipe us out. Uh, and then Royals. So, yeah, I think we can beat the Royals. I think, I think we got a chance against the Royals. But uh, overall, I expect around, you know, 20 wins, 22 wins. Uh, about where Vegas is at. All right. I'm going to, you know, I've been thinking about this all day because that's quite a question. I was going to throw in the loop here towards the end. I'm going to say that there is going to be, it, it's going to go all the way through. I, I thought about it for a while. I was on a fence. I almost said like 50 or like 30. But I think the I think testing there's some encouraging things you're hearing about uh, vaccines what have you, so that's that's good to hear whether that it's through, true or not or whatever the case is like is in terms of just getting information about venting that that's accurate, it, it remains to be seen unseen or excuse me remains to be seen, but still I'm I'm encouraged that when you, you hear stuff like this depending on where whatever happens. I know. I think there's going to be a full 60 in not to mention too. It's just an even number. It's a, it's a number that out there that you can go ahead and say, okay, yeah, there's, there's going to, there's going to be some baseball and I'm glad. And hopefully it continues that testing gets better and safe and what have you. So, but uh, for us right now, we're going to expect a finally once and for all, I, I talked to Chris Brown. He'll be joining us next week. All the paperwork, everything was set aside. So, we got some other stuff on the horizon, some big stuff coming our way. So look out for that. Look out for some new articles on MotorCityBangles.com. Trying to think of anything else. Did I miss anything or, or did I cover it all? I think you covered it all, Roger. But I wanted to ask you guys if we can just have a few more minutes here. Jonathan sure. Scope, is he good? What, what do we expect from him? Because I look up, he hits, a, he hits a home run. He's hitting doubles. He's doing this. He's doing that. And I had him projected especially because of where he hits the ball. Historically, he hits the ball in right center or or center field, just in general, and that is the worst place you can hit in Comerica Park. But every time I tune in, he's looking a lot better than I thought. So, yeah, if you guys don't mind, what are your thoughts? Is he going to be good? I'll let, you know, I'll let, you know, I'll let Jake start with this. Yeah, so I'm I'm big on 
on Jonathan Scope just for the fact that he's a, a power hitting second baseman. And he used to be a little more uh, dynamic defensively when he was with Baltimore coming up. I mean, he made some great plays, I think, against the Tigers maybe in 2014, that ALDS. He had a really good series. But, um, yeah, I'm, I like Jonathan Scope as a player. I really do. I thought that was a good move when they brought him in. Yeah, I I would have second that. I mean, I thought that they actually gave him, I gave a, a, the Tigers an actual legitimate second baseman because they didn't really have any in their organization. John, so I loved him when he was with Baltimore. Like you said, Jake, he was dynamic. He was great. Um, then he went to the Brewers, and he had a rough little stint there. Um, I think the transition, the move, didn't bode so well for him. But the fact that he's had a couple months as a Tiger now. Even though we're not playing, it's two spring trainings. I think he's a little more comfortable. He's knowing the team a little better. I don't know that he's going to hit a ton of home runs because, Marty, like you said, if he hits it out to center, it's not so good. But he's going to be gap to gap. I can see a couple triples, a lot of doubles. I, I'm i really high on him this year. Uper? Hey, is it, uh, Tigers are a power-starved organization. They brought in a young a youngish guy. On a, on a short deal, can provide a little bit of thump from the middle of the infield. Uh, those are the kind of deals a rebuilding team should sign. You know, bring that guy in, see what you got. If he plays well, you can trade him. If he plays really well, you can think about bringing him back. Uh, wouldn't be that expensive even. Um, so I'm I was excited to see him play 162 game season with the Tigers. So uh, I'm hopeful that he gets hot early and makes himself a commodity. I think he could. You know, he's hit 20, what did he hit in Baltimore? 28 homers one year? You know, I think he got up to like in the 30s one year, like 2017. It was like 35 home runs or something and, wild. And granted, Baltimore is a small park. But yeah. regardless, how many guys of, of his age do you see uh, available on a one-year deal? You know, uh, so there is no drawback to bringing him in, in, in my mind. So we'll see what we have. Uh, yeah, I'm fairly excited to see what he can do. I've always liked him. I liked him when he was with Curacao in the World Baseball Classic. So uh, I'm one of the few people who watches those games. I was going to say, that's a great drop right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that is a good drop. I watched a lot of the World Baseball Classic. Uh, that was one of the bonding moments I had with my dad because he was able to watch some uh, Cuban baseball. So, that yeah. And not to mention, too, it is cool seeing, you know, it was really weird to see Spain and some of the qualifiers because Spain, uh, that's that's my mom's side of the family. I was like, Spain, what the why, why do they have a baseball team? That's ah, weird. But uh, yeah, and, and it's just good to see the game in a, in a, in a big in a world, in a sense of in a big world sense. So, but uh, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Like I said, just check out our site, MotorCityBangles.com. Appreciate all. We've had a really good last couple months of traffic, and we appreciate everybody checking us out, checking every just all the great content available. Marty, you have your fantasy stuff coming out uh, soon, correct? Yeah, so I'm going to be doing um, every week. I'm going to take a look at the Tiger schedule and what our players can benefit from, and unfortunately, looking at what other teams can benefit from coming into Detroit. Mm-hmm. All right. So that being said, we'll see you next time. We'll probably be doing a podcast, hopefully, by the beginning of either be- end of the month or beginning of August. Once everything's all settled in, there's some yeah some big stuff on the horizon. So I'm looking forward to it, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Uh, stop. <laughs>